You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 90. I'm so excited to share with you some thoughts on why you should be using an event budget and how to do one when it comes to throwing an event, either for yourself or for a paying customer. And in event budgeting in general, I think it's important to know that you being overly detailed with this is what is going to help give you um, the best customer experience, especially for people that are only worried about the bottom line. And when I talk about the bottom line, it's like, you know, what is this going to cost me out the door? Um, Part of that is like, are there going to be any surprises that I don't know about? And so you really do have to plan in your mind. And I yesterday talked about how my first few events that I paid for out of pocket. And the reason I paid for them out of pocket was because I didn't know how to do an event budget. And because I didn't know how to do an event budget, um, when things cost more than I agreed um, were going to cost, or when somebody, you know, when I didn't sell enough tickets or when things just cost extra, I, because of integrity was like, okay, I'm going to cover that. That's my bad. And it's a really, really expensive way to learn. So I'm going to try to sum this up for you in a Facebook live. Um, and if you're listening to this recording, like, again, I hope that you can kind of follow along, but the main thing is that you can have solid reporting. Reporting is huge because events usually are for two reasons, right? They're either for business or for pleasure. And if they are for business, the budget is super, super important. Even if they're for pleasure, like a wedding or a birthday party or whatever, people love to know like how much they spent on what. And again, as the event planner, I don't expect you to do all of the things. I don't expect you to be the, the food person and the balloon arch person and, um, you know, playing the music and, and getting all the tables set up. Like you need to be coordinating that and being really strategic with your time. And this budget is kind of how you can help your clients realize that. Also having an event budget is a huge, huge, huge step up, level up that you have to know how to do when you have high end, either corporate clients or celebrity clients who, again, this is going to matter to because of the nature of what they're doing. Most of the time it's a business thing. So even though parties are generally like perceived as pleasure for all the guests, they could be very strategic on the back end, and people can be saying, you know, I'm hiring an event planner because I'm trying to bring in influencers, or I'm hiring an event planner because I'm trying to wow my top clients, or I want to bring in an event planner to do a VIP customer event for our best um, customers or prospective clients, right? So we talked a little bit about this yesterday when we talked about budgeting expenses, and some of the costs in your budget are going to be fixed, meaning it's like a flat fee, here it is, no surprises. And some will be variable. Variable means like you don't really know how much it's going to be because maybe it's like a per head price and there's a little bit of variation depending on who comes and who doesn't. So when I do an event budget, I usually start at the very top of my list with venue. How much is the venue going to cost? And this can range anywhere from free all the way up to, you know, $50,000 if you're throwing a big concert together for somebody and the concert hall costs that much money. So how much is the venue? Um, And also before I dive deep into all of these costs, I want you to know something. One of the beautiful things about, (laughs) maybe I don't know what I don't know because I've just been self-taught, is one of the beautiful things about being an entrepreneur is you can actually negotiate. And what I mean by that is if somebody says to you like, oh, the venue costs, you know, $3,000. I have learned how to ask for a better price. I will just straight up say, hey, um, is there any way 
that you have a slower time or a different, are there like off seasons or off times where I could do this venue for a reduced rate and fill up a day that normally wouldn't get filled. And sometimes for a venue coordinator, that's like music to their ears because if they are busy every Saturday and maybe Thursdays aren't getting booked and it doesn't matter to me, like I can have my event whenever because the people are going to come to me. Um, that's something that I can use to leverage, right? How can we help each other? You help me get a better rate and I help you book a day that maybe wouldn't be booked. Um, so you can leverage that for sure. Any rentals that you need, like if the venue doesn't provide tables or chairs or stages or any of that stuff, you need to think about, okay, who can I talk to to bring in to, to do that service, right? Same thing. Like as you're talking and negotiating, you can negotiate down the price by just asking like, you know, my budget for stages is this price. Can you come down? And usually if you ask and if they want your business, they will come down on price and all you have to do is ask. Um, I think part of being a good event planner is that you're like showing your proposed budget. And then when you go back to your client or back to yourself, you're like looking at the actual budget of what you were able to negotiate down and you can kind of go from there. Now, there are certain things that may become so important to you that you don't negotiate them down. So for example, my DJ at my dance parties is one of the most expensive parts of the party. Like I think he's probably a third of the budget. Okay. That's a lot of money. And I've asked him to negotiate it down. And he's like, you know, I, I can't because I'm so busy and he's so good. He's so good. It's like, okay, no, I, I want you. So I'm willing to pay your price. Right. Kind of like me now, like now when I do events, it's like, here's my minimum price. Like I just won't even touch an event for less than this much. And if people want me, then they're just going to pay it because they know I will negotiate and get all those other things done on my end so that they actually will save money by hiring me. Right. And it's the same thing. Like I know with my DJ, when I have a dance party, it's going to be amazing entertainment. It's going to be good music that he's going to mix it just right. And people are going to have the time of their life. Right. That's something that I can't do. Like so much of the success of the party weighs heavily on him because that's a big job. It's like, it's a dance party. So the music is like the number one thing. Um, so going back into budget, you know, what's who, what's your venue? What, uh, rentals do you need to pull off the venue? Think about like linens if you need linens and also think about like, okay, so if I buy the linens, what's the cost to buy them versus to rent them? Um, think about volunteers or people working the event staff that you need to have. Do you need to have people taking tickets? Do you need to have wait staff? Do you need to have cleanup crew? And can you get volunteers to do this, um, for experience? Like, do you have a little network of people that would be willing to help you? Um, also like depending on the venue, do you need to have security? So for example, um, I've looked into renting the Capitol building here in Salt Lake city. And if you rent the Capitol, they actually have a separate charge that's non-negotiable for police officers and security. Like you have to pay it. And so it was one of the deterrents. I was like, uh, I don't want to pay extra for that security, but I understand why they have it. It's like, a, you know, the state capital, like it's kind of a big deal. So when you are going through every event's going to be different. Um, and you're going to have like, again, your proposed budget of what you propose and you always want to come in under always. Um, and then you're gonna have your actual budget. So here's kind of how it works is you're going to have the different columns of what you need. So the first thing is like, what's the description of the easiest way to, to look at this budget and to say, what is this item? Right? So you have to have these clearly defined. Don't just put like, you know, logistics, like don't do like miscellaneous, never do that. You want to make sure that when you're writing up a budget, it's very, very clear. Um, and very, very detailed. Like I've never had somebody say like, Oh, this budget is way too detailed. Can you please like 
<laughs> make it more simple or just like lump it in. Um, at the end of the day, if they're that kind of personality, they'll just look at the total number proposed and the total number spent, and then they're happy with that. But they still want to see the breakdowns, okay? So make sure you're very clear on the descriptions. Um, when you talk about the amount that you're proposing for your budget, this is huge because you're basically as a professional coming in and saying, okay, if you want to have a catered lobster dinner for 50 guests, or if you want to have um, this photo booth that's going to be there from this time to this time, or if you want to have this cotton candy machine lady that's going to be there from this time to this time, this is how much it's going to cost. Um, and if you are not paying attention and one of those vendors is like by the head or if they like need to stay later or over and they have like fees for that, it can add up really quickly. So you need to be really clear and making sure that you are very specific with your vendors. And when you go into writing the contracts with them, that they understand what is required of them as well. Um, and then make sure that you're tracking what you need and really like, I think again, adding 10% for good measure on your proposed budget so that you can know for sure that you like are going to come down. Um, also, a big part of this is like, you don't want to be so stingy and negotiate down so much that people feel like you're ripping them off and that they don't show up on you. Like you, this is so such a tightrope of like building relationships and being able to report back and being frugal and um, responsible with somebody else's money. You know what I mean? Because your event planning fee is one of the things on this budget is like, <laughs> right. It's one of the things. And you have to know how to position that on the budget. Like this is what you're paying for me to be able to put this all together for you and not necessarily, um, you know what I mean? Look at it as another expense, like have them look at that as like you saving them their time and which is their money of not having to put the event together themselves. So once you have the amount needed, you're going to put that estimated cost. Um, and you should also put like the vendor. And I usually put like the contact name and sometimes the phone number like in there for my own record. So I can look at this really quickly and be like, okay, who's, who's the person that's doing, you know, the balloon arch or who's the person that's doing the photo booth. And I can look at them really quickly and give a number very, very quickly. Um, and then once you actually have the event, you're going to have the actual cost of what it actually came down to. Sometimes, you know, this in advance because you pay in advance. Sometimes you don't know till the end of the night. So for example, with my DJ, I pay him. And then at the end of the night, I write him the check or give him cash or Venmo him or however we do it. And then it's, it's a done deal, right? Um, actual cost versus what we budgeted. And so it's important to make sure that you are tracking all of those different categories. And then at the end, you have your total for anything that, you know, came up that you can basically say like, here's what we budgeted. Here's what we planned. Um, now a question a lot of people say is like, well, what if I've never done an event before? And I have no idea. Um, this is where that legwork is going to start. Like most event planners who are in an event planning school or taking a, like a college, getting a college degree in event planning, they are learning this, um, because they've got books and resources and all, and all these experiences and, and they're learning it as they go. And so you're going to do that same thing as like, I would hope that the teachers of those courses are saying, yeah, like these aren't, these aren't like necessarily going to be down to a science. Sometimes it's really just like, you have to figure it out and ask and negotiate it down. And I think that's a big misconception is a lot of people are like, well, I, I just, that's scary. Like budgets are scary. Yeah, they are scary, but you know, what's even more scary is not having a budget because if you don't have one, um, it makes you look really bad. It's very unprofessional. And I promise you, if you don't use an event budget, you are going to overspend every single time. 
Like, I don't care if your event is only pulling in $200 in ticket sales or whatever. Let's say you're doing a small event at your house and you're like, okay, I'm going to sell, you know, 10 tickets for $20 each. Um, still do an event budget. Like how much did you spend on food or, or treats or swag or whatever? Because it's very, very important for the, um, like the overall plan for you to start getting comfortable with this task in event planning. So you can actually look at event budgets all over the internet. Like you can just Google event budgets. And I would say like, just look at a few. And as soon as you look at them, like maybe if Excel is scary to you, or maybe if, um, you know, just like graphs and, and numbers are scary to you, I promise like you will get more comfortable the more that you just look at it. And I'm not a math or numbers person. I laugh at this all the time because in college, like when I was in culinary school, my husband who I was dating at the time, like he, um, would tutor me in like basic math. Like I think it was, I don't even remember what it's called. It was like the equivalent of like general math because I had no idea how to do it. And then once I got into culinary school, it was literally the first time that like fractions and graphs and, and budgets came into my mind as like, Oh, like this is how it works. So like if you're intimidated and you're not even doing it because it's scary to you, um, I promise that it'll become so fun because it'll have an application. Like, do you remember being in geometry class, which I like, I think I barely passed with like a D, um, being in geometry and being like, uh, like this makes no sense. All these shapes, all these numbers, all these things. Um, my husband, like he's a builder. I, if you follow me, he's built our shed, he's finished our basement. He's done all kinds of stuff. And when he's out there like doing geometry, right. I'm like, huh, how cool. Like you're using it. Like I remember sitting in class being like, this is so stupid. I'm never going to use this, but he uses it all the time. Right. So, um, Excel spreadsheets and graphs and things like that for budgeting. Like I promise you that if you go into it with an attitude of like, I'm really going to enjoy this because I love events and I want to be really good at this and I want to master event planning. It'll change how you look at budgets. And now I'm excited when I see a budget because I look at it as either a challenge or like, woohoo, I have tons of money to spend. Right. Um, and this is a really good skill set. Like for you personally, my husband and I, every month we sit down and we talk about our budget. And again, I used to think of a budget as a negative thing, like, Oh, how limited am I? Right. But a budget is very freeing because it just tells you where things are going. Like a budget could be a million dollar budget or it could be a $200 budget, right? So don't let the word budget become a negative to you in any aspect, okay? So again, um, I want you to look at examples on the internet. I want you to do some research on like event budgets and find one that you like. And if you feel like you're getting overwhelmed, if you feel intimidated, take a deep breath. It's okay. And I promise again, it's all in your attitude of like you, if you like shopping, if you like spending money, just think about plugging that money that you're spending into the different places. It's literally like shopping for this event that you get to throw. So much fun, right? So much fun, which is huge coming from a person who hated doing math. You guys hated doing math. Um, another thing you can do is if you are um, in a position where you can leverage your client's audience, if it's okay with them, or if you can leverage your own audience, sometimes you can reach out to vendors and get them to sponsor things. Um, now sponsoring is different than donating. Donating is where somebody actually gives you the item or the swag or whatever, and they don't charge you for it. Sponsoring is where they actually pay you to put it in. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about this in a later lesson, but this is a huge, huge, huge way that I get my costs down and make money on events is, you know, I give them the opportunity to be seen. I give them a little bit of leverage on my platform and we kind of go from there. And it's a really, really good way to build relationships and help people out and to leverage. Like 
when you do events, you're really good at bringing a lot of people together. And so people recognize that and see that as, wow, that's really valuable. And you can leverage that as an event planner. Um, another thing is you want to make sure that when you are budgeting, that you are getting specific on estimating the cost, but as well as the time, right? Like there's so many pieces that you're coordinating and having somebody come help you with an event. Um, you have to make sure that you're talking about, you know, are there costs for the vendors to come down? Do they like have travel costs? Um, are there additional like licensing fees that need to be paid? Or does the venue have things like ask all of the questions or see when you're working with people, if they have like a frequently asked questions, especially for the venue and what's important for the client. Okay. So just make sure that you're thinking about all of the pieces as you're going into this budget. And there may be things that you take off. And so I really like to go over the budget in person with my clients. Like we talk about what they want. I start to write it all up and I say, Hey, when can we get together and talk about this in person? Um, because there's things that they maybe didn't think about. For example, I did an event recently, um, where I asked them like, you know, what's your AV budget? AV is audio visual budget. Like, do you want to have videographers cop capturing this photographers capturing this? Do you want to have like lights and microphones and sound and music? Right. And it was something that they were so just like thinking of the event event as like one, like, Oh yeah, people show up and it'll just be fine. I'm like, Oh yeah. But if you're like speaking, you need to have microphones and you need to have, you know, like somebody recording it and all this. And, and how do you want to run that? Um, so take a look at all of the different little pieces that maybe they're not thinking of. This is your job as the event planner to bring this to their attention. And at the end of the day, like you're the professional, you are the one who is going to be responsible and have that on your head if it all comes crashing down. And so, um, again, have backup plans for your backup plans. And if you've never done it before, then ask in this group, start thinking of ways to reach out to other event planners who have done it and ask someone to like help, you know, go over your proposal, go over your event budget to say, Hey, am I on the right track? Am I missing anything? Um, but I promise you again, some of this stuff is just going to be that you learn as you go. But again, I'm, I'm sure even in this lesson, like, Oh wow. Like I never realized like all of that would go into planning an event. Um, because it does. Right. Another thing that's like a, a mystery cost, or sometimes they, they don't think about it as like marketing. Is this a public event where they want to do Facebook ads? Do they want to do posters or flyers or mailers? Right. Do they have a way to market this, uh, this event? If it's a perfect, like a, what am I trying to say? If it's a personal or a private event, sometimes it's just invite only. But if it's a bigger event, like for my dance parties, I absolutely have a marketing budget because I have to know, um, that people that are not in my circle, not in my audience, like I want to reach those people and bring them into my dance parties. So that's one of the things I do for that. Um, again, if you need to, like, you're going to want to document it. So think about production, photography, videography, all of that stuff, which is really helpful for you because as the event planner, and I've learned this, the last thing you want to do is coordinate the whole event and then be the responsible for shooting all of it. Um, I used to do that when I did, like whenever I do a party here, I try to double up, like I'm doing a party. Maybe it's my daughter's birthday, but it's also sponsored. So I set up the whole party and I'm in there like, nobody touched, nobody did anything. Cause I'm, I'm going to shoot this whole thing. Right. Um, and it's just really stressful. Like there comes a point where every event planner needs to just like step back and realize like, yes, maybe you can take good photos, but is that worth your time? Um, and again, for the small things that I'm just doing at my house where I can control it. Sure. Maybe, um, whenever I do something bigger, I personally would fund my own photographer to show my work so that they could actually show me in it doing the work. Right. Cause if you were the one behind the camera, no one is going to see you. No one is going to know that you did the, did the event. So 
Um, as you're going through and doing this event, one last thing I want you to know is like, make sure you have saved a little extra for like a rainy day. If something doesn't happen, um, if there's variable costs that you just don't know how to plan, make sure that you just budget a little over for that and communicate that with your client and say, Hey, we have these variable costs that we just don't know because we're not sure who's going to come and these vendors pay by the head. So for example, I did a birthday party event and the soda truck did not want, um, a flat fee. They said, we want to pay per head. So it's $2 a head. And then they just tracked every time they sold a soda. Okay. So that's totally variable because you have no idea how that's going to turn out. So just communicating that and saying, Hey, this is what they want to do. I'll negotiate it down. So instead of $2 a head, maybe let's get it down to 175 or 150 a head. Um, or we can call around and like price check and see if that's who we want to go with and what we want to do. So I'm going to end this lesson with my top 10 tips for a budget. Tip number one, do not procrastinate writing a budget. Don't do it. Don't put it off. Don't be afraid of it. I promise you this one skill set alone is going to level up your game like nothing else. Okay. You have to do a budget. Absolutely. Even if it's ridiculous, even if there's only three things on it, do it. Okay. The next is you want to make sure that you're defining the focus of the event. What is the purpose of this event? And be clear with this, with your clients. So when you're going over the budget, they're only going to look at this and be like, oh my gosh, I'm spending so much money. Like this is insane. You want to be like, Hey, remember the person, the event, this event is a marketing event and we're going to wow your top customers, or this event is a promotional event. So more people are aware of your business, right? So talk to them about that and then include that into the conversation with the budget. Next is again, the more details you add, the better, the more accurate your budgeting will be. And that is something that will make your customers very, very, very happy. Next is you want to make sure that you keep in mind that the cost elements depend on one another, right? So sometimes there's a cost that is contingent on somebody else and that you can negotiate all of those down. And that's your job as the event planner. But again, don't, um, don't be cheap with people just to be cheap, like really get like strategic and, and think of how you can help them and how they can help you. Right. Um, make sure that you're exploring all of your options. Like when you're looking at venues, when you're looking at things that are those fixed costs, don't ever just go into it thinking like, okay, well the venue said it's, you know, $3,000. So that's what it costs. Go in, have a conversation. How can you negotiate this down? How can you explore all of the options to make sure that you're getting the best deal and the best scenario for your client. Um, and sometimes it doesn't pan out, but that's okay. The main thing is that you're showing them that you're working and you're trying and you're going to bat for them so that they know that again, like you're being responsible with their money. That's huge, 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 huge in building trust. Um, don't underprice an item to make your budget look pretty. So this will come back to bite you every time. Like don't go low on something and then have it be astronomical because you're like, Oh yeah, yeah I can get it down. Like if you cannot get it in writing or get it solidified with the vendor. Don't put it on your budget as a low item. It's not going to make you look good when it comes back to bite you and your client is paying handsomely for your mistake. Do not do that. Um, the rainy day fund or like this emergencies extra budgeting that you have set aside, make sure you only use it for emergencies. Um, talk about having like, well, let's make sure that we're going to budget everything a little under and we're going to have this extra 10% for you know, an emergency or rainy day, or if we need something last minute so that I don't have to come back to you as a client and ask for permission to buy something that we need that we forgot. Right. Um, and again, like even how you position that, you just want to make sure that you're saying just in case there's something that comes up unforeseeable out of our control that we have a little bit extra set aside. We always hope we don't use it and that we can put that money back in your pocket, but let them know that that's something you're aware of because it also shows that you're a professional, right? Because things as an event planner, you guys, I feel like the main thing is that your job is to let the customer and all the guests know that the party went perfectly. 
Okay. There's never, ever a party that I've done where everything was perfect ever. Okay. But my clients believe so because I'm the one handling the back end like a crazy person. Like I had an event where we had food trucks and one of the food trucks engine died and he needed like a generator because he couldn't run his food truck. His generator died. He needed to jump, blah, 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 blah. So during the event, I had to excuse myself, get jumper cables, get us, get it all situated and get him hooked up. Nobody knew. Right. But it was like catastrophic because he needed that power to power his truck to serve his food. <laughs> so it's just one of those things like you just never know. Like that's something that I added to my list. Like, okay, add jumper cables to my car for every event now because that had never happened before. And I was scrambling. Right. But now I know, hey, food trucks always bring jumper cables. So um, you want to make sure everyone's on the same page when you have your vendors. Make sure you're communicating, communicate the budget, communicate everything to everyone and over communicate like have multiple printouts of your list, multiple, multiple print, printouts of things. That doesn't necessarily mean to have multiple printouts of your budget. You need to keep that very private and that's between you and whoever hired you so that you can report back to them. But as far as the execution, you're gonna take that budget and the jobs that everybody's doing and you're gonna make sure it's very clear what we're all doing to make this come together. The next thing is don't be afraid to spend the money on your budget, okay? Um, the reason you have a budget is so that we know where we're allocating money, period. That's why we have it. So we know where the money's going, okay? Spending money can be stressful. And if you're really frugal or if you've never worked with large amounts, like if you're playing an event and your budget is $50,000, that may be more than you make in a year. And you're like, oh my gosh, ah, don't let it get to you. Just think about this as like, I've been entrusted to manage this money and I'm gonna do my very best. Um, and I'm not gonna be afraid to spend this money uh, responsibly and in a way that would make my client feel happy with their purchase and happy with how the event went, right? When we're talking about big concerts or multiple multiple thousands of people events, like they cost a lot of money and how fun that you get to be right in the middle, um, like kind of dishing it out and making it rain all over the place, right? So be responsible, but don't be afraid to spend. Um, I hope that this has been helpful for you. I hope that as you are going through planning your events that you never ever do another event from this day forward without using an event budget and that you understand that it is crucial for your success and to be taken seriously. I cannot wait for you to join me in the next lesson tomorrow, but until then I will catch you next time.